as soon as you reach adulthood, you're now making the choice to ignore racism and to not dismantle it. Hi, everyone. April and Jonathan here. Welcome to Black And, a candid conversation about racism, white people, and ways to move forward. We're brother and sister looking to discuss how race informs important issues, current events, and what white people looking to make a difference can do. On this episode, John and I discuss how we see white people responding to the outcries of racial injustice following the lynching of George Floyd. So John, start us off. What's on your mind? Oh man, I think, you know, April, this episode I want to talk about uh, in, a, in as broad a sense possible, uh, the mass numbers of white folks around the country that are sort of discovering racism for the first time. Oh gosh! Um, in the yeah, in the wake of the George Floyd protests, we're seeing a lot of um, changes that are or or proposals for changes that are happening around the country. Um, from like branding issues for certain companies to today, we're recording this on Juneteenth. This is the celebration of um, of slavery being over in the U- in the United States. A bunch of companies are giving their employees the day off for this holiday. Um, there's just so much happening, and it's interesting because it just dawned on me that we've been saying so much of this for the longest time, and um, it seems like a huge contingency of the population is just now saying like oh yeah yeah it's like all of white america has had their first first aha moment right eureka yeah um so i guess i just i don't really have an agenda i guess we probably never we really never do (laughs) um but i just wanted to sort of chat about that um so talk about some of the examples that we're seeing and sort of um what we think is going to come from them i mean so i guess the first big one is um you know, after the are in the midst of these continued, you know, weeks long nightly protests about the, you know, over the public lynching of George Floyd by a police officer in Minneapolis, um, we're just seeing, you know, calls for different ways for police departments to operate around the country. We're seeing Minneapolis saying that they're going to completely get rid of their police force and rebuild it, sort of similar to the way that Camden, New Jersey did a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. We're seeing school district after school districts and their contracts with police. Many people don't know that most school districts have contracts with police to uh, to contract for an officer to be in the school um, or one or two safety officers. Um, that's changing. There are, there's so much. So let's just start with police, I guess. Um, you know, you're, we've been talking about, we've talked before about how police in this country are just sort of an offshoot of, um, the sort of the, the, the practitioners of mass incarceration and that they are the the police are the ones that collect the bodies from the Mm -hmm. street before they can be put into cages for Mm -hmm. for you know whatever offense having some weed in your pocket um or nothing or not or nothing um and and people are figuring out i think that this isn't police don't just find criminals and lock them up that police abuse black people often right um 
and there's no there's nothing good that can be found in the lynching of George Floyd, but or and it did show white people a um, an instance where there's no way you can say that he wasn't tortured for eight minutes, defenseless on the right. ground and killed. Right. There's no, well, if he would have just laid there and taken it, or if he would have just complied, he did all those things, and he was slowly tortured in public and killed. So I think that for white people, you know, it was like a, oh, shit, I really can't, I really can't argue with this one. And now right. maybe I'll be able to see this in other instances where the same things are happening, and I've argued against it. It's... It's so strange, though, April, because, like, we've seen this before, though. We saw, we've seen videos of people getting, sh- of black men getting shot in the back as they run away. Right. We've we seen... saw it. We we saw it. We understood it. But for white people, any little thing, running away, oh, that's resisting arrest. You should well, have just, you should yeah, have, right. should have just lied on the, laid on the ground and, and just complied. Could have any, been going to hurt someone. Exactly. Any little room you give white people, they will run with it and make an excuse for police brutality and, and public lynchings. So George Floyd left no room. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like I, this happened with Rodney King, too, though, right? Like he was just getting beaten by three or four cops just laying on the ground being beaten. We all saw that. Like, yeah, but I think it, it also is a combination of the times, too. I was going to say. So it's been building, and it's not, and this is not me giving white folks a pass, saying, okay, finally they're here, thank God. But I think it the, these, uh, the video evidence of police brutality over the years has been building, and white people have seen time after time where black bodies are just disposed of and often killed and i think it was the perfect you know timing and and uh instance of george floyd's murder where you know yeah it's that aha moment like oh i guess this is what they've been talking about and i think i think probably and i think uh, i agree with that Uh, and i think probably it is also because of covid um so I think a lot of people saw this that wouldn't have seen it before because they're all just trapped in front of their TVs. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like tweeted this the other day, just like it took a man being lynched on public on, on national television in broad daylight and all of us being trapped in our apartments and our homes, basically low key forced to watch it Um for this change to happen. And so yeah. I think that that's a big part of it too, that everyone was at home on their, devices and they could all see this and, and whereas that no one was at work no one was going to you know travel somewhere no one was at work no one was going to you know yeah uh, their usual errands and they can sort of dispose of these videos or or avoid them i think most people were faced more people than usual were faced with it this time and and i think people are angsty right now I well, think right. I was going to say that. I think that definitely contributes to it. So like the like yes being low key forced to watch it because there's nothing else for you to do and also having this pent up either cabin fever, angst, anger, annoyance, whatever. Well, and uh, yeah, 
and they're not there's n- people are out of work so no one ha- no one's going to miss work the next day right when they're out protesting you know right yeah but i just mean you know i've particularly noticed when the protests we were at recently white people were they're they're worked up in a way that yeah. i haven't seen and not i'm not an experienced protester i'm not out on the streets all the time um but just from my own experience, it, it did seem like people were, um, yeah, they, they had appeared to have had it and were not afraid to show it. And were, there was, you can, even just in the city when there weren't active protests or in the area you were at, you could sense it in the city that there was tension and it's from white people. Yeah, no, I think that's right. I just, I have never seen such a sustained push like this. Um, And I, this sort of awakening that white people are having. And so all over the country, there are all of these things that are, all these benefits, these positives that are coming from it. And it's all stuff that should have been done years and years and years ago. So like, you know, uh, states are in, uh, introducing bills to like outlaw chokeholds. And it's like, of course they Duh. should have been outlawed. Right. Like, right. It's not a, so what do you, a- so how does it make you feel? Because on the one hand for me, it's like, okay, good, great progress change. Okay. On the other hand, it's like, I hope you don't expect me to say thank you for, for a, a little bit saying that my life matters. I'm sort of torn because yes, I, I, I'm happy to see some progress, but on the other hand, it's like, am I happy when the slave master gives me an extra apple that day? You know, when I'm still a slave, like, do you expect me to say, thank you, Massa? Like, no, that's bullshit. Right. I don't really know how to feel right now. Yeah. I have a mixture of feelings. I'm going all different ways because I feel like that. I also feel like at the activist in me, is like, oh, let's ride this wave and like, you know, uh, you know, knock as many white supremacist skulls together as we can mm-hmm. and get this stuff dismantled while people are fired up because we've seen this before in a smaller sense and then white people will just go back to forgetting about this. Right. Um, so I've been signing people up for things and organizing in a, you know, from my living room and and really trying to like ride this wave. And um, for a lot of our listeners, we'll see how we've been. We sort of put, um, for example, Success Academy Charter, which is a New York City charter school. Um, we sort of put them on blast via our social media. And I'm getting all these people on board because people are sort of hyped up about this right now. And it's like, mm-hmm. this isn't something that's new. Um, this is something that we could have always we've been asking to do but no one was with it and so part of me is feeling all amped because i want to continue to ride the wave of you know anti uh, white supremacy or anti-racism um do you worry part- though that folks can folks who are riding the wave and are seeing progress will think will come to a place where okay that's enough for me like that's good enough right yeah i do i do worry about that um I'm the way I, you know, uh, we always say that white supremacy needs to be dismantled. And so I'm always torn between like art. Should I take incremental 
changes as positive and try to build on them? Or should I say, no, 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 no. Like we need, this whole thing needs to go, you mm-hmm. know, um, this whole system needs to go. Am I a, am I like a Bernie Sanders person? That's like, you need to destroy this whole system and build it back up. Or am I someone who's like, Oh no, but like a really good liberal candidate will really help move things forward. It's that same sort of tension, you know, mm-hmm. like, are we destroying police departments all across the country and building them all back up? Or are we just going to take like a shit ton of reforms that we have that people are offering, take them, accept them and keep pushing for more, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I just, I feel like that is so cyclical and we've done the, Ooh, sweeping change, sweeping legislation. There you go. Blacks. There you go. And now you can vote sort of be happy, you know? Yeah. And I keep bringing up police as a good example because it's like we've talked about police reform for decades and decades and decades. It's defund the police now. That's what that's the that's the that's the dismantling part of it. And so people are pushing back on that. saying, like, oh, we don't know what it means. And we don't and that you don't really want to defend. And it's like, no, we do. We want oh, for sure. Like yes. Ten crimes that I can think of where a police officer should respond. Right. And other than that, it shouldn't be someone with a, like an armed military person. So, yes, defund those. Right. Defund that. And people are I don't know. I feel like people are afraid of the of the large, the large scale dismantling defunding talk. Right. White people are afraid. What would you say? White people are afraid because. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. There's still one. There's a, there's still this this strange fear and i think so few white people even the wokest of the woke would recognize this but i think there's still this real fear of scary in parentheses black and brown people coming into my neighborhood or doing something and hurting me and then what do i do who do i call when there's no one here to protect me from these scary people right and black people are like first of all we're not anything to fear obviously and we've never felt protected by the police in the first place. So right. it's not a, there's no fear of having fewer police officers on the street. The fear is of the police themselves right. and, and your everyday Karens who are using them as weapons against us. Right. I don't yeah. know. So I, I just, just I mean, I feel like I, I think it's awesome that white people are like just up in arms all over the world, basically, yeah. um, and are are really you're just there were just hella white people um, at protests in Philly and still are. There's so, 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 so many white people out and working. What, right. And it's not, I guess it's not a concern, but um, more of a frustration of what took you so long to get here? I was just about to say. What, what, what tell us because we'll do it in the future then to right, get you here. Right. You know, right. like what do you like, need look, need to see a man strangled out on the street every two weeks for you to keep this going? Like, because honestly, that will probably be provided for you. Well, right. And and it's like, yeah, I get the sense that it's like I, I, part of me wants to scream. Look, we told you. Like, we told you. Right. What, what did you expect? We, we've been saying this, you know. Right. And that's why it's so hard for me to hear white people who are saying, oh, my gosh, like black people are murdered by the police at such higher rates. Or like, you know, this has been going on for so long is my white voice. Or, you know, the police just don't treat black people the same. And it's like, no shit. Welcome aboard. Like, 
That's literally what we've been saying for 450 years. I'm glad you're here now, but please, for the love of God, don't expect a medal or a cookie. Like, keep your head down and keep working. And I'll work right alongside you, but like, there are going to be, there's literally no congratulations. I'm sorry. Well, and also, I'm seeing a lot, totally agree. And I'm also seeing a lot of people that are all of a sudden turning into like social justice warrior, like woke people who are trying to educate others and trying to take a, a leadership role, which is good, but it's like, also remember you just found out about racism like yesterday. So right. learn, you still need to be learning, learning, learning before you can start to proselytize, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. And it's, um, it's a fine line between not wanting to silence people who are speaking the truth, but also there needs to be a recognition of, I should have been here 10 years ago. depending on however old you are, because as soon as you reach adulthood, you're now making the choice to ignore racism and to not dismantle it. So as a child, yes, you need to be taught. But as an adult, you know, if you're 50, 60, 70 years, listen, if you're 20, 30, 40, 50 years old, it's now a choice that you're making. And the fact that you weren't there however many years ago is a serious problem that you need to be, you need to recognize and admit to. And make amends for even like, yeah. you know, don't I'm not saying go to your black friends and apologize to them, which a lot of my white friends did mm-hmm. to me, um, mm-hmm. which is fine. And I was like, welcome. Good. I've been trying mm-hmm. to say this. Um, but, you know, if you feel so moved, talk to the people in your life. But like, don't come to the black and brown people in your life with this eureka moment, because likely it's going to be very frustrating for us mm-hmm. because it's it. <laughs> If they, if they, like we, have been saying this whole time, it's going to be like, wait, so it, it, it makes me feel, I should say, I'll speak for myself, wow. So it really did take someone being, like, legit murdered in, like, the most gruesome way I can think of mm-hmm. for you to not call me, like, anti-police when I say Black Lives Matter. Right. Right. Which is crazy to me. But, well, it's just, I, you know, yeah. a big... A big fear that I have, too, like, so we've seen a bunch of, uh, I should say, you asked me what was originally on my mind, so this is another thing that's another direction that I'm sort of going with all of what's happening. I hope that the sort of easy, low-hanging fruit stuff that's changing isn't doesn't fill the void that we're looking for here, right? So I hope that, for example, Aunt Jemima, the brand, just cha- is going to change their, I think, name and... Um, little character because it's based on a, a mammy character. Um, same with uh, Uncle Ben's rice. You know, it's the the brown, the black man with the chef's hat and the you know um, uncle was something that that white people would call older black men, so they didn't have to call them Mister or Sir. Um, it was either boy or uncle, um, and you don't say boy to someone who's old. Uh, I mean, you do, but uncle is just another way around it. Um, and so they were like, oh, well, this is based on a racist stereotype, so we're going to change the name and change it. And it's like, right. So obviously we've been I, – I, I, I did a, a senior thesis in college a decade, over a decade ago on the use of, like, fucked up stereotype imagery in our advertising. That's something that, like, that a college student could point out to you. How is it that, it, that you didn't see this before, Uncle Ben and Aunt Jemima? Um, I don't want that to be all that the Aunt Jemima company, I don't know which larger company owns that, but I don't want that to, for them to think that that's what they can do to 
to participate in this tide that's changing right now. It's like, no, you, look at your board of directors, how many of them are black, look at your hiring practices, look at your retention rates, look at your, um, you know, affirmative action statements, look at your, look at all that stuff, right? Like, look at your, where you're putting money back into the community around you. Look at those things. Those are the things that are more challenging. Changing your name is a marketing thing that'll take your people a couple of weeks to figure out. But other than that, you need to be doing way, way, way more. That's my big fear is that people won't do more. I hope that progress happens, serious progress happens that fast, because I don't right. think that we'll get to where I want to be without another civil war. <laughs> no, like real Sorry. talk. Yeah. Of, of, I, of literal, the taking up of arms against the evil side. Like, I just feel like No, that, no, no, you're right. Like, yeah. Oh, I just, uh, there's no doubt in my mind, like maybe not by the end of my lifetime, hopefully it'd be great if, so I, I understand that I just said, I hope there's a war. I don't mean that, but. Yeah, I don't know that it, I, I don't see it as necessarily needing to be that eventuality to for real change to occur. I just don't know if our systems that we have in place, our structures that we have in place can, can withstand being torn down and rebuilt, you know? Yeah. Well, what does that so? What does that even mean, though? I don't if our know. structures like, can't is, withstand being torn down, and they're torn down, right? Then, I don't. Then I, what? I don't know. This is, I think, a conversation for another day. This is sort of like a meta discussion about what, like, the the state of our society will be without white supremacy in it. You know? Yeah. I just it's, a, like it's our country. What do you say? It just feels like, a, it sounds like a fairy tale. Like, I don't even know right, what that right, exactly. Means. I was thinking about that the other day. Like, can you imagine a society where we weren't slave, our ancestors weren't enslaved? Yeah. I can't think of what that would be like. And I think, like, back to your original thought that, say that happens, what are these white people going to do? I would, right. I'm so curious to see that the newly woke white person who is now just the biggest social justice warrior in the best way. I want to see what, how their life is and what they think about it. If, and when we see the changes they're fighting for, what right. happens when you're no longer treated like the queen of England, everywhere you go. <laughs> right. What, so what are you going to do? So, yeah, I was thinking about the, something similar to that even just i think it was last night where like how joe biden our the democratic nominee for president is looking for a running mate and um and it's going to be a woman but amongst those women are black and white people and uh, including amy klobuchar the white woman um senator from uh minneapolis she drew, she sort of pulled her name from the running um recently and said and encouraged Joe Biden to pick a black woman. Um, that's an example, I think. And so there's like performative stuff all throughout that, right? Like she's she kind of saw the writing on the wall, needed to get out of this race anyway, because she she was the district attorney in Minneapolis when a lot of this stuff was happening with um, police killing people uh, before George Floyd in that city. But she she pulled her name out and encouraged Biden to select a black woman as his running mate. And that's a good example of like the type of thing that a white person will need to do 
to not be treated like the Queen of England anymore, like you said. She has to take her name out of possibly being vice president of the United States because she knows that it would be better for the cause for a black woman to be vice president of the United mm-hmm. States. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something white people are going to have to take. It's going to take some getting used to. Yeah, I mean, stepping I'm... out of the way, I think. Yeah. Um, and that is when our society doesn't uphold them and support them because of white supremacy, that I will really be interesting to see where, and this is going to sound mean, I'll be really interested to see where all the sort of mediocre, not special, not particularly talented white folks end up because they don't have white supremacy helping them get good jobs and get good, you know, on board seats and things like that. I know I'm sort of rambling, but like, does that make sense? Yeah, no, totally. It'll be, I mean, it's going to be, it's, (laughs) it's wild to think of your, I mean, I almost can't even can't even word it because it sounds mean, but like it'll be interesting to see basic treat people treated as if they're basic. <laughs> right. You know, like and that's that's everyone. There are basic basic people and all types. Um, well, well, most but, people are basic. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right. Right. And it's it'll just be so I just can't imagine your, you know, average Kelly who is a fine young woman, but not special, being treated as such. And in, in, in you say not special in that she's not particularly intelligent or she's not um, you know, particularly good at her job or quick-witted or contributing very much to society other than just being a sort of like, and this sounds messed up to say, but other than being like a sort of cog in her, in the mm-hmm. wheel of like just going to work and doing her, you know, like... Mm-hmm that person up next to a black person that has the same mediocrity will be treated the same as a black person that's mediocre, which is how it should be. Right. Yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how many, I mean, Michelle Obama writes about this in her book. I can't Mm -hmm. tell you how many boardrooms I've sat in and big time meetings of like really important people. And it's like, wow, this person speaking is not very smart. How did they get here? Right. And how on earth did I ever feel that I didn't belong here? Right, right. That's what's frustrating. Like, you know, I, I'm like, I'm sure many other black women have very serious imposter syndrome where I'm still amazed at or surprised that, you know, people in the company I work for want my opinion on certain things. Right. You know, like why, why was I invited to this meeting or why, uh, why do I have a seat at this table? Oh, because I fucking belong here. Like I, I deserve to be here. I've worked earned to it. be here. I earned it. And I'm smart enough to be here. In fact, and, if they could pick a white person that what that what, that uh, was even marginally, not even maybe not even as good as you, the science shows that they would pick they the would white person have. because that's how bias works. That's how implicit bias works. And people we right. favor people that are like us automatically. So right. like you even tried harder than your average person would try to get where you are, you know? Right. Because we presume the people who are doing the hiring are white, because that's what we presume. But that will change too, right? Isn't that crazy? Exactly. Yeah. So this is just turning into us like fantasizing about a racist free world. And so I think we should stop because it's making me upset. Yeah. Um, but I mean, to back back to your original point, that the having white people being pumped and brought into a space where they are recognizing racism is the way there. Because white people do have to end this in the long run. So, yes, it's frustrating because we're so not 
at in fantasy world yet with an ending of racism. We're not even, we've just started to warm up for the marathon, but we've started to warm up at least. And that is something. And more people are participating in it than ever. Yeah. I've never seen anything like this before, April. Yeah. Same, obviously. Yeah. Because I'm old. Facts. Wow. You're supposed to, never mind, whatever. That's what's on my mind. Um, I think we have a lot more we can talk about with this, and I'm excited to do sort of check-ins in future episodes, you know, and and uh, an update on what's happening in, with this sort of movement that we're seeing. Um, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that we can check in and say that these number, this number of initiatives have been all adopted throughout the country for police. I'm hoping that we can see, you know, Juneteenth is a national holiday always. I'm hoping mm-hmm. that we can see obvi- the obvious companies that have racist imagery in their logos. The goddamn Washington Redskins changed oh their name. God. Like, come on. Yeah. You know, um, I'm hoping we can report in on that stuff. Um, but this is all necessary. I love saying this. It's all necessary, but not sufficient to get what we need. It's all necessary, but it's not yeah. nearly enough. We have to keep going. And now it's time for our action item. This action item, this is something that we sort of, that that we experience a lot. Uh, So we want to encourage white people. When something that you either see on the internet, you read or you watch, makes you uh, question something about race or racism, um, before you quick text your black friend and ask them about it, do some research yourself. Spend the, spend the next day, the next few hours doing your own re- research, seeing what you can explore and discover on your own as step one, and then talk to your other white friends about it. Ask them what they think. Uh, discuss your question or your you know ideas with them. And third... If your, you know, uh, your desires haven't been satisfied, then talk to your black friends and ask them if they would like to discuss this with you and maybe answer some questions that you have. White people often want to just go straight to black people and say, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about Mm -hmm, this? mm -hmm. Answer questions about this, this, this. That's tiring for black people. I was going to say April... You know, the person saying, okay, let me explain this, no shade, really simple concept to you because you understand <laughs> it. Let me be really kind, you know, and not hurt your feelings and explain this to you so that you understand it. That gets old, but it, it would be so encouraging to see and uh, know that white people are first trying to discover things for themselves, then trying to do this with their other woke white friends, and then coming to black people as a source for knowledge and learning. We would appreciate it. It takes some weight off of our shoulders and it, it helps you to become a more engaged and active ally. Yeah, I, I agree. Can I add something, April? Sure. I just, as you're saying this, so um, you might note to the black person that you, that they are not the first person that you're asking. 
Um, I'm just saying from my experience, that would be, that would make me feel good. I get this, I feel so seen by this because this happens to me all the time. White people coming to me asking me, have you seen this? Did you, what do you think about this? Can you give Mm -hmm. your opinion? Like, you know, um, tell me that it's, that you've looked around and can't find the answer and that, and that's helpful. Second is don't be, um, upset. They don't want to engage with you. Um, and don't be, I get called condescending and dismissive so often because of how I respond sometimes because it's like, I just don't feel like talking about this with you right now because, right. because you're, the you're the 10th person, person. Me. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Who's asked me about this today. Yeah. And, and it, and it often involves black pain and trauma or a video of something that's horrible for us to watch, you know? Um, so just don't be upset and expecting them to engage with you and don't be ups- and and be upset if they don't because they don't owe black people don't owe an explanation to white people about racism. Um, it's y'all's racism. You should you know figure it out. We should put that on a t shirt, April. It's y'all's it's, racism. It's figure y'all's it out. Racism. Figure it out. That's good. Let's Market make tees. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that's my little two cents to add. This episode of Black Ann was produced by us, April and Jonathan Perkins. It was edited by me, and our music is by Fifth Child. You can find more of his work at fifthchildmusic.com. That's number five, fifthchildmusic.com. You can find Black Ann wherever you listen to podcasts. If you like what you heard today, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Also, be sure to tell your friends. And until next time, be mindful, be vigilant, and and keep keep asking asking questions. questions.